Again, glad you're here today. We've been on our, on our Thursday men's lunch uh, for, for this whole section of the year talking about really the Bible as men of God. What is the Bible? What do we have in the Bible? What does the Bible do for us as, as men that seek to follow Jesus Christ? And we've just been talking about big foundational things about the truth of God's Word. And say it every week, but nothing greater could happen uh, in our screwed up world than for men to look to the truth of God's Word. Um, watch, watch the mess that's happening, and, and I don't care who you're, if you're for Hillary or if you're for Trump or whoever, none of those guys have our answer. Uh, none of them have our hope, and it's going to be from, from a faith in Jesus Christ that grows through God's Word. And so, um, again, going every week, what does God's Word say to us? What does it, how does it deal with us as men trying to follow Jesus Christ? Today we're going to turn corner. We're not going to really focus on that today. Uh, being the week of Easter, I wanted to talk about Easter this week. And I really want to come and ask one question today. And that is this. Is the resurrection account true? Is the resurrection account true? The, the, the account that says Jesus was beaten. Uh, the book of Isaiah says... His beard is plucked out of his face. He's beaten beyond recognition. Uh, he is executed. Uh, the Roman government executes him on the cross of Calvary. He is actually physically dead. And then three days later, he is alive. It is visible. It is verified. The Bible tells us by many different people it is verified. That is the resurrection account. He is beaten. He is killed. He's placed in a grave. He comes out of that grave, and three days later, he is alive. Is that account reliable? Is that actual? Uh, is that something we could put stock in? And I want you to think about that for just a second. That is really absolutely absurd. That is absurd. A person is dead and is alive again. And the fact that a person's dead and is alive again shapes a whole world of believers, uh, builds a whole religion. Isn't that absolutely absurd that there's a guy who is actually dead, he's alive, and that fact changes not just our world but eternity? Um, is that believable? I read an article the other day about the Bible that says the Bible, and they have a new classification for the Bible, that it is a faction. I've never heard the word uh, used this way. It is a faction, which means this. It is a fictional story set in a factual place and a factual time. And you read that, and basically they're saying this. You know what? This was a real time, and this was the real things going on, but this is a false, fictional story. Uh, today, you listen, and you watch the news uh, atheists today, secularists today, a lot of academians today, uh, they'll say there is no way the resurrection is true. And, and you can go and, and, and listen to them. They'll say medically, that's not possible. At a certain point, you know what, you've ceased to breathe, your blood has ceased to circulate, and you are dead. It is medically impossible to be alive again. It is physically impossible. And then they just tell you, just look at it. Back up and look at it. It is logically impossible. Uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, an atheist, that I, he's on a tear. I don't know what his problem is. Uh, if he doesn't believe, that's fine. Don't believe. But, but he's on a tear to go and, and let, convince other folks. He says to believe in the resurrection, you have to be delusional. Uh, basically whacked out. You have to be delusional 
to believe in the resurrection. Let me tell you, that's always happened. Those people have always been with us. Maybe they got a bigger microphone now than they've ever had. Here's what's scary. Today, even in what we would call the church, people are starting to question the actual resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, I hear liberal theologians today, and they say, well, you know what? It is symbolic. It is a symbolic story, a symbolic resurrection, and it represents what's going to happen in the end. And so they'll say, you know what? Don't get too carried away with the science of it all. Don't get too carried away with the believability of it all. It is just supposed to be symbolic. That's creeping into the church today. There's another section that says, you know what? It is the truth, but it was not a physical resurrection. It was a spiritual resurrection. And I had a conversation with a guy here in the church, and he said, you know what? It never says it was physical. It, it, was, it was spiritual. And I said, well, the Bible says Jesus is on the Sea of Galilee. He ate fish after the resurrection. He said, well, maybe he appeared to eat fish. Um, he tells Thomas, look at my hands and my side. Well, maybe he appeared to tell Thomas that. And so they say, well, it doesn't really matter. It was a spiritual resurrection. So the question today is this. Did it happen? And really there's a bigger question than that. And this is the question that hits us between the eyes today. And that question is this. What if it did not happen? That's really the question. And that's the question for the church today. That's the question for those who are professing to be Christians today. That's the question for you today. What if it did not happen? Does it matter? Does it change anything? If the resurrection didn't happen as it says that it happened, uh, aren't Jesus' teachings still valuable? Hey, these are valuable. We can learn things from these. Uh, if it didn't happen, isn't the Bible still a good guide to have a good life? Hey, there's some great truths in here, and I'll, I'll, I'll take this book and I'll follow it, and it's going to lead me how to have a good life. Uh, the question is, what if it did not happen? Actually, that's not a new question. Actually, that's a question that's been asked for, for hundreds, even thousands of years. And it's a question that the Apostle Paul looked at uh, and answered in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, let me tell you, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you want to go read that chapter? That is one of the great uh, chapters in the New Testament, I believe, laying out the foundational truths of what we believe as Christians. Well, today we're going to go and we're going to look at that chapter Again, asking the question, what if the resurrection did not happen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. He says this, Now I made known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, and which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, to Peter, then to the twelve. And after that He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some who have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, 
then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. There, in the first eight verses, uh, Paul lays out the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now he says this is the gospel that he received, and it's the gospel that he preached. And then he says, you know what, I came to, to Corinth, and it's the gospel that I preached, and it's the gospel that you received. And he makes it clear, in receiving that gospel, that is how they are saved. And so he says, you know what, this is the gospel I received, so I came there and preached it. I went there and preached it, so you received it, and that is how you are saved. And he lays it out. There's a whole bunch of crazy talk. What is the gospel? And, and is the gospel changing? And what about a social gospel? And what about blah, blah, blah gospel? Paul just says, you know what the gospel is? It's the fact that he died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day. And then he says, on top of that, a whole bunch of people were witness to it. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now we get to our question. Look at verse 12, or listen to verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection from the dead? Look at verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And here he goes. He starts to answer the question. Verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain your faith also is vain. He starts to lay it out here and he says, you know what? If Jesus uh, has not been resurrected from the dead, uh, here are some things that, that happen. First thing he says, our preaching is vain. The word vain comes from the word vanity. Uh, it means for show or really it, it's, it shows something that's really not there. So it means empty. It means for nothing. And so he says here, you know what? If Jesus hasn't been resurrected from the dead, our preaching is for show. It is for nothing. Our preaching is empty. Now what that means is, uh, Brother Norris, all these sermons are for nothing. They're a waste of breath. All the Bible studies, all the preachers that have ever preached, all their messages are just garbage. Empty Shallow, And that's what he says here. You know what? If Jesus hasn't been resurrected from the dead, our preaching is in vain. You know what? If Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, we ought to just shut up. We got a whole lot of better things I could waste my time doing if there's not a resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing he says. You know what? Your preaching is vain. But he says also, your faith is vain. Now, it starts to be more than just preachers now. He says your faith is for show. Your faith is empty. Really, your faith means nothing. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then faith in Jesus Christ means absolutely nothing. People say, oh, man, I believe in Jesus. doesn't mean anything. Man, I, I've put all my eggs in that basket. I have faith in a resurrected Savior, Jesus. If he hasn't been risen from the dead, your faith is empty. Keeps on. Look at verse 15. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. 
Here in verse 15, he says, you know what? Not only that, we've lied against God. We've been going around telling people that God raised him from the dead. And if he hasn't been raised from the dead, we've been going around lying about God. And so he says, you know what? Your preaching's empty. It's vain. It's for no reason. Your faith is just for show. It means nothing. Not only that, we've gone around and started all these churches lying about God. Look at verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Look at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Now I want you to see how this ratchets it up here. It takes it to a higher level. He said, you know what? If he hasn't been raised, your, your faith is empty. It's for show. Now he takes it to a higher level. And he says, if Jesus hasn't been raised... Your faith is worthless. It absolutely holds no value. If Jesus has not actually, literally, physically risen from the dead, he says your faith is worthless. Man, I'd like to find those guys that, that say, you know what, it was a spiritual resurrection. Well, it's just, it's just a picture, it's a symbolic resurrection. And I like to tell them, you know what Paul said? Paul said, if it wasn't a real resurrection, your faith is absolutely of no value. Zero, not. Why? Here's where it gets personal. Why is your faith worthless? The rest of verse 17 says this, because you are still in your sins. What that means is this. Jesus comes, he pays the penalty for our sin on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says we're sinners. The Bible says we have a payment due for our sin. Jesus comes, he lives a life of no sin. He goes to the cross and he pays the penalty for our sin. The wages of sin is death. On the cross there is a death. Jesus Christ paying the penalty for our sins. But let me tell you, the resurrection was the sign that God had accepted the payment. Now be sure to see that. It, it was the sign that God had approved of the payment. And so if Jesus died and he stayed dead, it was just another death. There's death every day. If he died and he stayed dead, there's no payment for your sin that was received by God. This was, if you will, the receipt showing that God had received the payment. The payment hasn't been received, then you're still in your sin. Now what that means for you today is this. If the payment wasn't received, oh, he went to the cross and paid it. Well, he never re was resurrected. Did God receive it? Did God, did God reckon that? You know what, that's going to be the righteousness of those who put their faith in Christ. If that's never happened, you know what, you're still guilty in your sin. You ought to still be ashamed of your sin. Bible says you're condemned in your sin. Now, I, don't, I don't know if you know what that means. That means this, you're waiting on hell. Separate from God in your sin, you're waiting on the judgment that's already been put upon you. You're condemned already and you're waiting for eternity in hell. Now, let some goofy guy tell you, well, I'm not sure it was a real resurrection. You know what, if it wasn't a real resurrection, you ought to be ashamed. You're condemned in your sin and you're waiting on an eternity in hell. That's what Paul says if it was not a real resurrection. Verse 18, it keeps on, it gets deeper. 
You know what? You're still in your sins. End of verse 17. But if he hasn't been raised from the dead, in verse 18, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. I want to tell you, this, this is personal. Fallen asleep, that means they've died. Paul says if, if Jesus hasn't been resurrected from the dead, those who have died, all of them, have perished. Now what that means is this. They have entered into an eternity separated from God. It means this. They're in hell. If there is not an actual, physical, literal resurrection, your grandmother who loved Jesus and was a witness for Jesus right now, she's in hell. Your, your spouse that was a follower of Jesus Christ and had a faith in Jesus Christ, if there hasn't been a resurrection, if she's passed away right now, she's in hell. Your child, your son or your daughter, they've passed away whatever terrible reason. Paul says, you know what, if there hasn't been a, a physical resurrection, they have already perished. That's huge. Verse 19, he lays it all out. And if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we of all men are most to be pitied. Now what that means is this. He says, you know what? If your hope was in Jesus as a teacher, you're a fool. If your hope was, oh, this was a, an example of a sinless life, and, and man, we ought, to, we ought to emulate that. If that's all you thought of Jesus, if there wasn't a resurrection, you know what? You're a fool. If the greatest thing you got from Jesus was some teaching or some word or, or traveling with him for a few years, then of all people, you ought to be pitied. You should have done something else. But look how it ends. Verse 20. But now Christ has been raised. Let me tell you what that means. He's not in the grave. He's alive. Paul says, let me tell you, if, he, if this is not a real resurrection, there's some serious things that have gone on. But in verse 20, he says, you know what? He is alive. And you know what? Uh, our preaching is not in vain, but our preaching is the main means that people will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, you know what? Your faith is not empty, but it's your faith that's going to lead you to salvation. He says, you know what? It's not, it's not just some lie that we've told everybody, but he says he's alive and we are agents of the truth. He says, you know what? Your faith is not worthless, but your faith is of infinite worth because you have a faith that saves you in Jesus Christ. And then he says, you know what? Your loved ones who have died in Christ, they're not rotten in a grave. They're not somewhere in the, in the depths of hell. They are with our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is alive. Let me ask you the question now. Does it matter if there's a resurrection? I'm going to tell you something. I'm excited about Sunday. I'm excited about Easter. We don't have to wait till Sunday. Dad Gummin, I'm going to walk out of here. And you know what? My dad who died January 6th, I know he's in heaven. You know what? I know I'm preaching a message that the world may not like too much of it, but you know what? It leads people to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You know what? I have a faith that means something to me because through it I have the forgiveness of sin. He is alive. Let's pray. I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me.